Thank you for subscribing to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. Parkway Fellowship, commonly referred to as The Park, is a purpose-driven church in Katy, Texas, recognized for its innovation and rapid growth. Designed for the person who might not be used to attending church, The Park, one of the only purpose-driven churches in the area, has quickly become one of the most popular West Houston churches for people new to their faith, to church, or to living in the Katy area. It is our prayer that God changes your life through this message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. Good morning. My name is Mike McGowan. I'm the pastor here at Parkway Fellowship, and I'm really glad that you came today. Today we're kicking off a brand new uh, four-week series called Carry the Cross. And um, I, I honestly believe this is going to be one of the deepest and most challenging series we've ever done here at the park. Um, and it's going to be challenging and deep, not, not just because of what gets said from the stage. But the truth is, most of what is going to be so convicting and challenging is actually going to occur outside of this room as you learn what it means to carry the cross. And the truth is, the more you carry the cross, the more God will reveal himself to you and the deeper you're going to go. Let me tell you how the idea for this entire series began. Um, uh, Amy and I, uh, a couple years ago, we uh, took the kids to family camp. And uh, not aside from just having a great time, um, I was challenged to do something that, honestly, I had never done in my entire life before. Um, down by the lake, they had made a cross that looked much like this. And they asked each of us, Every day to make a commitment to go down to the lake, take the cross out of its stand and carry it 40 yards and put it in another stand. And the idea was, is that during that 40 yard journey, God would tell you something. He would reveal himself to you or he would do something in your life. You know, something like that. You know, and and so I, I, I thought about it. You know, at first the idea seemed a little hokey. You know, that kind of thing. I thought, well, but, you know, I've never done anything like that before. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. Just, you know, you never know what God might want to show you. So I, I thought, you know, I never know what God might want to show me. So I'm going to do it. So I went down to, the, down to the lake every day and I picked up the cross and I carried it that 40 yards. I got to be honest with you. I was not prepared for what God would do, was going to do in my life during that 40 yard journey. Now, there were some days that, you know, I mean, God didn't really show me all that much. And it was a good, it was nice, but it was just a good experience. But there were some other days when I carried that cross. That God's presence was so strong on that path that I almost fell to my knees. I I could almost hardly take another step. In fact, I had trouble when I got back expressing to Amy the things that God was showing me. And she made a commitment to carry the cross too. She did too. And she experienced the same type of thing. I mean, God did some great things in her heart and in her life. You know, you know I mean, it was almost as if carrying that cross on that path, it was almost as if it was such a sacred act that God 
chose to meet whoever came with a heart ready to receive from him. That God met, that, met us right in the middle of that path. God met me right in the middle of that path. Which it kind of makes sense that God would do that because when his son, Jesus, carried the cross from, you know, the place where, you know, he was tortured all the way to the place um, on the hill where he would be crucified. It makes sense that God would meet you on the path because I'm sure that in those moments, God met Jesus in such a strong, powerful way. Because up until that time, that was the most significant spiritual act that had ever occurred in human history was Jesus carrying the cross. And I'm sure God met him and drew very, very close to him on that path because God knew that in the upcoming moments when Jesus bore the sin of the world on his shoulders, that he would have to turn his back and abandon his son. So in those moments, I'm sure he drew incredibly close. That makes sense, doesn't it? And so, during this series, I want to challenge you. I, I, I'm going to let I'm going to throw out the challenge right here at the very beginning of the message, at the beginning of the series. I want to challenge you during this series... To come up to the church and carry the cross on a 40-yard journey. We're gonna have we, we've we've actually made five crosses. They're gonna be out here on this little grassy area, kind of on this side of the church, on this part. Right as you pull in, it'll be just right there. We've made five crosses. We've made three adult-sized crosses, and by adult size, I mean my size. We've made, we've made three adult-sized crosses and two child-sized crosses because I, 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 want your children to ha- that I want your children to have a chance to carry the cross and let God show them on their level in God's own way that they can hear it, what it means to carry the cross. And I'm telling you, you never know what God's going to do in that 40-yard journey. You know, if you, if you don't make the commitment to come and carry the cross, you'll never know what God has in store for you on that journey. But if you make a commitment to come and carry the cross, you never know what God might have for you in that 40-yard journey. But I'll tell you the key. The key is to make sure that when you come, you come with a heart that is ready and open to God, wanting to hear from him. If you come ready, I'm telling you, our Heavenly Father will meet you. And, you know, some days might blow the doors off your life. I mean, my most amazing thing ever. Some days it might just, yes, I, I don't know. But the commitment is to just come and carry the cross. Now, ironically, Jesus himself tells his disciples and every follower that would come after that his desire is for us to carry the cross, okay? So I want to look at these verses this morning and I want you to learn a little bit deeper about what does it mean to carry the cross and at the same time to lose my life. So go ahead, pull out your message notes and uh, we're going to be in Luke chapter 9 and we're only going to be, that's the only place we're going to be this morning. The verses are printed there for you. So once you get ready to follow me. So what does it mean to carry the cross and to lose my life? Well, here's the first thing. It means it's your first fill in the morning. It means you need to be willing to deny yourself. You've got to be willing to deny 
yourself. Look what it says in verse 23. Then he, this is Jesus, said to them all, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself. Would you circle those two words? Deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. That little phrase, that or that word deny, it literally means to disregard yourself. That's what the word literally means. It means to just have total disregard for yourself. What Jesus is saying here, he's saying that if you and I, if we follow him, we're going to have to be the kind of people that follow him, not just in name only, but we have to be the kind of people that behave in such a way where, truthfully, we disregard ourselves. Let me kind of change the terminology for you so that maybe you can understand me. It means that everything we want takes a back seat to anything he wants. Let me repeat it. Essentially, the idea is that everything we want takes, takes a back seat to anything he wants. That's what the passage is getting at here. Look, the truth is, Jesus knows that each of us, we have it in our hearts to think of ourselves first. I mean, it, it, it's just our nature. Our first thoughts are often of what we want, what's convenient for us, what is fun for us, what works best for us, what fits in our schedule at the time we want. I mean, he knows that that's, that's just in our makeup, that's just in our nature. And so if we're going to be the kind of people that deny ourselves to carry the cross, we're going to have to make some sacrifices when we don't want to. Uh, you know, if you make the commitment to come up and carry the cross, there's going to be some times when it's not going to be convenient for you to come up and do it. There's going to be other times when it's going to be raining or it's going to be cold. Or you'll have gotten home from a long day, you want to come back. Or, or maybe you'll forget about it. It'll be, you know, later in the evening, you're like, oh, it's so dark. I don't know if I want to go all the way back up there and do that. I mean, there's going to come some times you're going to be faced, forced to deny yourself if you're going to carry the cross. I want to be honest. Carrying the cross goes a lot deeper than just coming up here and carrying a cross, literally. It's much, much deeper than that. That's not really just what Jesus was getting at. I mean, sometimes the things, things we want in life come into conflict with the things that God wants for us in our lives. And unfortunately, sometimes instead of denying ourselves, we deny God access to those places in our lives. We deny him access to make us a better parent. We deny him access into our hearts to make us a better husband or a better wife. We deny him access in how we talk to our kids, to our spouse, to our coworkers, to our employees, to our neighbors, to our friends. We deny him access into our time management. And so we don't make time to read the Bible. We don't make time to be at church regularly. We don't make time to attend small group as often as we could. We don't make time to serve him up here at church. We don't make time. Sometimes we deny him access over certain behaviors. And so we fall prey to alcoholism or to pornography 
or to ethical behavior in the workplace or to cheating on tests and quizzes or claiming credit in a project at work that we really didn't have that much to do with. We deny him access in these areas. So look, to lose your life means that you have to deny yourself and what you want. And instead, you got to choose what Christ wants for you. Well, well, how do you do that? Let me give you a couple, a couple practical ways that you can do it, okay? Here's a couple bullet points for you. Here's the first one. Two suggestions. Take one area where you deny God access and choose instead to deny yourself. Find an area where you deny God. And listen, just find one. Start with one. Don't start with 21. Start with one. The one area where you know you're denying God access right now and start giving him access. You know, maybe, maybe, you never, maybe you never think that you're at fault for anything that happens in your marriage. And so, honestly, you're impossible to get along with. Maybe you're real tight and stingy. And you need to give God access. It could be your commitments to serve at church. It could be daily Bible reading. It could be your parenting. It could be your work ethic. I mean, you know, the bottom line is that you need to take one area and sh- that you already deny God in. I mean, it could be how you, what you do for fun on the weekends. It could be even the music that you listen to. It could be anything. Find that one area and just commit to that one area to all of a sudden give God access in whatever he wants you to do. So, okay, God, I'm going to do it. And when you have success in that one area, I promise you, that not only will make you happier, but it'll, give, it'll become easier to give him access in other areas as well. Okay? Here's the second thing that you need to do. Second thing you need to do is this. Commit to a spiritual discipline. Commit to a spiritual dis- discipline. Look, following Christ isn't always about what you don't do. Much of the time, it's about what you do do. Not do-do, but what you, <laughs> what you actually do. That, it's really about what you actually do. That's what it's really about, okay? And the spiritual disciplines are things that a lot of times you know, we, we, we ignore them, okay? Uh, what are the spiritual disciplines? Well, I'm glad you asked. I've printed them for you in your bulletin. The classic spiritual disciplines are daily Bible reading, prayer, And I'm not talking about prayer just over meals. I'm talking about like hardcore praying, okay? Fasting, scripture memory, giving, and serving. Those are the classical spiritual disciplines, okay? I want want you to look at that list. Look at that list that's on your bulletin. Which of these do you not do but you know you need to do? Look at the list. Which one do you not do that you know you need to do? Would you make a commitment now to put one of these spiritual disciplines into practice in your life? You have to deny yourself to do it. But that's what it takes. And look, here's the beauty of if you adopt those spiritual disciplines in your life, they actually spill over into other areas. When you become disciplined spiritually, it's easier to become disciplined in other areas of your life, like um, like eating or like exercise, or spending habits. Discipline in one area helps you become more disciplined in other areas. So it helps you in so many ways. Okay? Um, 
But these verses tell us a lot more than just deny ourselves. These verses, that the main passage we're looking at today also says that we need to commit to follow Christ daily. That's your next big fill-in. We need to commit to follow Christ daily. Look at verse 923 again. Look what it says. It says, Then he said to them all, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and, I want you to underline these words, take up his cross daily. Take up his cross daily and follow me. You know, when Jesus said this at this point, the disciples didn't actually know that Jesus was going to be crucified. They didn't know that's how he was going to die. So for, the, for Jesus to tell them, hey, take up your cross daily meant to them. They're like, they would have understood it to men. Hey, I need you to walk toward your death. That's how they would have taken it. You see, criminals in that day and time, they would carry this cross beam to their execution site. The main beam would already be there, ready to go and in place. And so their punishment was to carry the cross beam. Now Jesus, because the decision to execute him by crucifixion was a last minute decision, Jesus probably had to carry the whole thing because the main beam wouldn't have been up on the hill. Wouldn't have been at Golgotha. He would have had to carry the whole thing up there. But the point is, for you and for me, is that when Jesus told this to his disciples and told them to carry their cross daily, they would have understood it to mean a couple of very poignant things. Here's the first thing the disciples would have understood it to mean. It would, they would have understood it to mean this, that following Jesus is a one-way journey. Following Jesus, it's a one-way journey. Because the journey of carrying the cross was one way. The person carrying the cross was not coming back. It was a one-way journey for that person. And so when Jesus says, hey, you want to follow me? It's a one-way journey. When you follow me, you're leaving that old lifestyle and those old choices, you're leaving all of that behind because you're following me now. And you can't follow me for like six months and then go back to your old way of living. That's not what following me is. It is a one-way journey. Let me ask you. Does that describe you? Would your life be described as a one-way journey of following Christ? Saying, you know what? I follow Christ And it's not like I'm going to make a commitment to follow Christ for six months or for a year or for a little while. And then I'm going to go, I'm my old, going back to my old lifestyle, that's still an option for me. (laughs) No, that's not what following Christ is. It's leaving that behind and going on a one-way journey to follow him. You can't go back because those that carry the cross don't go back. Does that make sense? Here's a second thing that the disciples would have understood. They would have understood that Jesus was asking them to commit to Christ every morning. Jesus is saying commit to Christ every morning. Because when Jesus adds that word daily on there, the disciples understood that they were, he was asking them for a daily commitment. That every day they had to make a conscious choice of saying, 
I'm following Christ today. You see, a lot of times I think we, we, we don't think about being a Christ follower in the right frame of mind. A lot of times we think about becoming a Christ follower that, well, now that I've become a Christ follower, well, I've, I've, I've become a Christ follower. And that's about what there is to it. I don't know. It's really a, a lot more about like, like being married. When you go to the altar or the church or wherever you went to and you say, I do, you have now become married. But like, is that it? No. All of us know that we have to continue to make effort to make our marriage stronger and better and happier. It's not, you know, done on a Saturday and that's the end of my commitment. No. I've become married, but now I have to do the things it takes to continue to make my marriage strong. I have to always do that. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, look, when you commit to carry the cross as a lifestyle, it's not that you make a one-time commitment to become a Christ follower, but you make a commitment. It starts there, but you make a daily commitment to say, Christ, I'm following you today to make my relationship and my devotion to you stronger. One easy way to do that is literally every morning, get up. Because Jesus, the commandment's got to be daily. It's start your morning by saying, okay, you know what, God? Today, I'm committed to following you. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, I, I've, I never really did that before. I never really started my day by literally saying those words. Today, God, I'm committed to following you. But I tell you what. The last couple of weeks as I've been getting ready for this message, I've started doing it. You know what? And it's made a huge difference. I, you know, I just find myself making better choices, better decisions. Just sensing God's presence throughout the day stronger and closer and clearer. And just by starting the day, by saying, okay, God, today I'm committing to follow you. Do you do that? I mean, do you, do you just tell God every day, today, I'm committed to following you? Do you do that? Why well, I challenge you to. It makes a huge difference. Okay, one last thing. We're going to wrap up. Go public about your faith. Go public about your faith. Look what it says in the second half, second part of this passage, beginning verse 24. It says, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the son of man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the father and of the holy angels. Wow, that's, that's pretty stout. Honestly, people, I think, make a huge mistake in how they think about their faith. They bought into this mentality that, you know, I mean, I don't want to be offensive to anyone. And, you know, who am I to intrude on someone else's life and to tell them what they have to believe and say? And so we're, you know, we're very, like, politically correct about it. Because, you know, I mean, after all, you know, this is a very private matter, right? Wrong. It's not. The Bible never says that... Your faith is a private matter. Now listen, it is a deeply 
personal matter, but it's never intended to be private, ever. It was never intended to be private. Look, the Bible says that we're supposed to be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves in dealing with other people. The problem is, most of the time, we're just harmless. It's true. And so, if we're too ashamed to talk about our faith, or to talk about our church, or to invite people to church, that kind of thing, then Jesus says, you know what? Then when I come, I will be ashamed of you. And here's what people don't ever seem to think about when it comes to like this passage when Jesus talks about losing your life. Here's the thing. You are going to lose your life. Everybody is going to lose their life. You are either going to lose your life on this side of eternity while you're alive here on this earth by following Christ and carrying your cross as a lifestyle or after you die, you lose your life because you didn't follow Christ on this earth. Never made a commitment to ask him to come into your life to forgive you. And so then you lose your life by spending an eternity separated from God in a place the Bible calls hell. So everybody's going to lose their life at some point. The deal is, is that while you're alive, you get the choice. Do you want to lose your life while you're alive by following Christ? Or do you want to just live for yourself and lose your life on the other side of eternity being forever separated from God? Well, I don't know about you. This looks a whole lot better to me. So this is the choice I've made. If you have never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life to become a Christ follower, why not choose to do that now while you can? Because look, once you die, the choice is made. And to choose to not decide why you're alive is to choose against Christ. So why not choose him? Look, there's a sample prayer at the bottom of your message notes on how to become a Christ follower. If you've never prayed that before, pray it today before you walk out of this room. Become a Christ follower. Now look, for those of you that have prayed that prayer before, you ought to be able to go public about your faith. Look, I mean, we just saw in this video series, when we opened this, the, the sermon, it asked the question, where are you going to carry the cross? Now, look, I don't think Jesus meant that we were to literally carry our cross. I, I, that's not what he really meant. He was talking figuratively, figuratively. But look, here's the deal. In our culture, people aren't crucified. We don't see it like they saw it in their culture. In our culture, we use crosses as decoration and jewelry. So for us to maybe really understand what it means to carry the cross, it would be really good for us to literally carry it. Which is why I want you to come up this week multiple times, every day if you can, and carry the cross on that 40-yard journey. Because... One of the reasons is because God wants you to start going public with your faith. So where in the world are you going to live your faith publicly? By carrying your cross. And not being ashamed to be a Christ follower. I mean, would you carry your cross at work? At school? Talking with your neighbors? By being open and sharing at small group? 
which kicks off here in a couple of weeks, by maybe even sharing your faith with a friend and inviting them to come to church. Look, I mean, I know that kind of stuff makes, is intimidating and makes you nervous. You know what? Whenever I talk to somebody about my faith and invite them to church, it makes me nervous too. I, get, I still get nervous doing that kind of stuff. I do. That's normal. It's normal to be nervous about that. And look, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Doing anything great or worthwhile always makes us nervous. But the truth is, we just have to overcome it. And that's what it means to, part of what it means to carry a cross. It means that we've got to deny ourselves, decide in that moment to carry our cross by going public with our faith and inviting other people or sharing with other people. Because when you do that, you're carrying your cross just like Jesus intended. Because when you go public with your faith, you are losing your life to promote his. That's what it means. I'd like everybody, if you would, pull out your connection card. I want you to hold it right next to your message notes. And on the card and on the notes, I want you to check the next step or steps that you are willing to take today. Look, here's the deal. Here's the first one. Right out the gate. I commit to come carry the cross at least three times this week or daily this week. And I'll just circle whether you're coming three times or daily because you're making a commitment right now. When are you coming? And look, if you're not even a Christian, come carry it. You never know what God is going to do. If you're just seeking to know more about God, come carry it. You never know what God might show you. Can't, got nothing to lose. For this next, the second next step, I'm going to give God access and deny myself in a specific part of my life this week. You know what that part of your life is. Would you give him access to it? This third one, I'm committing to start a spiritual discipline this week. And you know those disciplines, it's, you know, it was, um, Daily Bible reading, prayer, fasting, um, giving, serving. Which of those spiritual disciplines do you need to put into practice in your life? And maybe that discipline is just by going to a small group where you can share openly with other people about what God's doing in your life. And if you want to do that, well then, you ought to do this next one. Sign me up for a small group and write the code down. Look, there's a booklet in your, in your message notes of uh, our small group catalogs. Got all our small groups, there's a blue code in there. Write your blue code down. Get this. We opened signups last Sunday. Since last Sunday, you're not going to believe it. We already have more than 1,100 people that have signed up for a small group. Holy smoke. And you can see in your catalog, groups are, groups are already closing at a record rate. If you want to get into a small group, get into one now, today. Or you can also sign up online. But get into one. Make that decision soon. Maybe you need to ch- sign your child or teen up for a small group. Put your kid's name down in the code right there. Or maybe this, is ne- this uh, next one. I will verbally commit myself to following Christ daily this week. What I mean by that is get up and say, God, today I commit to following you. Would you do it? Make a commitment. Start making that the first thing you do in the morning. This next one. I'll memorize Luke nine twenty three. Then he said to them all, if anyone would come after me, He must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Awesome verse. Or this last one. I want to become a Christ follower for the first time in my life. 
Have you ever prayed that prayer? If you haven't, pray it today. And pick up a new believer packet. There's little tables just before you walk out of each of these doors. Grab a new believer packet on your way out. But check it here because we want to mail you some additional free materials in the mail. Let me pray for you as Pat and the worship band come back up. Father, I thank you for this morning. Thank you, God, that you're calling us to carry the cross, literally, as well as figuratively. And so, Lord, I'm asking you that you would, that you would set some divine appointments on people's 40-yard journey. But, God, that you would do some amazing things in those moments. And, Lord, I'm asking that even the things that you tell us you would not just, that you would write them on our hearts, we'd never forget them, and we'd be forever changed. I love you, Lord, and I ask you to do all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Our prayer is that God has given you at least one next step to take today in your walk with Christ. For more information about Parkway Fellowship or to contact us, visit www.parkwayfellowship.com. To talk with a pastor about becoming a Christ follower for the first time, you can call our offices at 832-222-9282.